Ladies and gentlemen, this is Hostess Instruction at this moment. Co-host Shipster would like to have a word with you. Uh, look, uh, let me be clear. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you all for coming together with us this evening for the State of Wrestling Address. Uh, we thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, listen with us. So we hope you enjoy. Perfect. Nice Obama impression. <laughs> thank That's you. pretty good. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, like I said, I'm host Austin Instruction and co-host Shipes, and we actually have a special guest today. We got Kevin from Wrestling Reverb and a part of the Brain Buster team. How's it going, Kevin? It's good, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I say, how can uh, people find you on Twitter and YouTube? We'll let you plug your links and stuff real quick. Yeah, sure, sorry. sure. Love plugging my stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin C Wrestling. You can find my blog at thelastbloggerstanding.wordpress.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at my name, Kevin Carroll. Uh, you can find me pretty much anywhere. Uh, yes, that, uh, social media platforms-wise, I'm, I'm pretty active on all, all platforms. Yeah, you get you do a great job of marketing your stuff. I can only wish I can get myself there, but... <laughs> I really like the uh, I really like the blog post uh, your blog name that's that's badass. Oh, thank you very much. I, I I it was the first one that came to me actually. And many people, if people don't know you, what do you blog about? Just like wrestling or a whole bunch of other stuff. So mainly wrestling, but I do branch out into some other stuff. I I, I, I there's a long stretch of time where I blogged about mental health and wrestling and where the two intersect. Uh, I try to write about, I'm trying to branch out more into like sports and music and stuff like that with my newest, my, my latest sort of venture into the blog because it was inactive for a while as I, I found, I got, a, I got a job, I got a new job and I was like, I, my hours were all messed up so I didn't have much time to write. So I'm sort of rebooting the blog and I want it to be more of an all, an all sort of encompassing thing. Where I write about you know music, movies, books, right? In addition to wrestling, that's that's awesome, Kevin. That actually sounds really cool. So, you guys should check it out if you haven't already. It sounds like he has a lot of great content on there. So, all right. So, boys, we're here because you know we've had a couple of big shows and pay per views, and tomorrow you know a new era starts. Literally, well, today for you guys since you're Eastern, but um, we've had. Let me see, all out. NXT Taker Cardiff, you know, obviously Monday Night Raw, SmackDown. We had the G1 not too long ago, and it's been a little bit, but not too long ago. And then tomorrow, the Wednesday Night Wars start. So uh, if you don't know, I'm sure most people know at this point, but NXT is going live to television starting tomorrow, which is going to be, what, two or three weeks before AEW goes to television. Uh, I believe it's two. Yeah. So... I kind of just want to touch on how pro wrestling in general is looking right now, you know, indies, Japan, and all that stuff. So, uh, what are you guys' opening thoughts on, you know, what's pro wrestling doing for you right now? Do you think it's in good shape before we break down companies, or, like, how's your vibes towards it going right now? Kevin, if you would like to start, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. I think wrestling right now is at a very hot point. I think that it's becoming cool again. Uh, you know, wrestling was cool in the 80s, and then it was cool in the late 90s. I think we're getting back to that with all the mainstream coverage against the ESPNs of the world paying a lot of attention to wrestling. Everyone, everyone at least knows what's going on. I feel like nowadays you can't you could talk you talk to people about wrestling and they may not be fans, 
but they can point out certain superstars. They can point out certain things. They know what WrestleMania is, maybe. They know John Cena. They know Roman Reigns. I think wrestling is in a really good spot right now because I think that there's a lot of marketable stars out there. There's so much parody, and there's so much. There's so many different options for people. If you don't like WWE, go. To, you can watch New Japan. If you don't like New Japan, you could now watch AEW. If you don't like AEW, maybe Ring of Honor's for you. And so on and so forth. There are so many different options that you can never run out of wrestling. And I think that's best for the business. Yes, I agree. Uh, Shapes, do you have anything to coin to that? Well, I mean, I it's, it's like I, I, I agree 100% with, uh, with Kevin's points there. It's like it, it's, kind of, it's kind of become in its own way its own mainstream source because of nowadays you have so much outlet of, of things where as you know several years ago you didn't have that outlet it was either this or that nowadays you have everything you know any type of wrestling that you want maybe like uh kevin stated you know maybe wwe isn't for you maybe you just like death matches they got plenty of death matches out there they got <laughs> you know i mean or if you know new japan's your style you know everything there's something for everybody and it's like it's so cool to see how it's gotten into the mainstream culture of you know you could wear pretty much any wrestling shirt now and somebody will acknowledge that that's a wrestling shirt and yep. the 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 way that it's become i think uh, you know honestly i think social media has helped that a lot over the last over the last 5 to 7 years and you know it's it's just cool to see where we're at now versus you know somewhere as short as 5 6 7 years ago yeah i think like kevin said wrestling's going to become cool again a little bit you know i live in oregon and it's not a wrestling state but even nowadays i'm seeing a lot more you know wrestling shirts coming out a tad bit more and I wear wrestling shirts almost every day because that's never that fad's never went out of style for me but you know everyone's like hey nice shirt you know people know what AEW is now and I think that AEW is kind of helping it become mainstream cool again also because it's an alternative oh yeah and I I think that you know there's more work for the wrestlers you know like you guys mentioned there's so many options now AEW Impact New Japan WWE obviously you know, if you don't like WWE, there's NXT in WWE. You know, there's several things, and you know, it's a lot growing cycle. The indies are, you know, I've noticed a lot more indie shows. They're having a lot more sold out crowds. You know, because you have high profile guys like a Moxley, a Sean Spears, you know, former WWE guys going to indie events. You know, I think nowadays wrestling's in great hands because the wrestlers are able to make a living now. Right. You know, even indie wrestlers, they're making a pretty good in, you know, living. For the most part, they're getting a lot of bookings. You know, top guy, of course. You know, if you and me got a ring right now, and got trade, we wouldn't be making a booking. <laughs> would be, would be green. But <laughs> I think right now, though, you know, the state's great. You know, and it's going to keep getting better because you know people are going to keep upping their game. And on that, I want to transition to Japan here. That's a great point. Is the G1 just got finished? You know, and that's like one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious, tournament in all of pro wrestling. And I believe Kota Ibushi won it. Do you have any thoughts about the G1 or New Japan or anything, Kevin? Yeah, um, this is my second G1. Uh, I actually, but my, but I didn't watch last year's until right before this year's G1. So I watched the two of them back to back, and this year's was so good. It was just the, you know every night there was at least one match that made you say, "Wow!" Whether it be you know, Tomohiro Ishii versus John Moxley, uh, Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi on night one in Dallas. I think 
I think it was terrific. I thought the fact that they came to Dallas for night one was so huge for their westward expansion because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to expand into the states. And you see that they, they run more shows in California. Now they're coming to Boston, yep. Philly, and New York. That this was a huge milestone for them to be able to branch out with the crowd they got in Dallas. They got such a great crowd. They just ran the Super J Cup over on the West Coast and I think California and some of the other states over there. I think New Japan's in a great spot. I think the G1 was terrific. I think Kota Ibushi winning it was the right call. I think an Ibushi Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom 14 is absolute money. I I kind of think that New Japan is the most consistent company probably almost ever. You know, if you look, there's who's who's of there is you know been there. You know, you have guys like Moxley and Juice Robinson and all those guys coming from you know other companies. They're wanting to go to New Japan to experience it. Like, I think if you you know, I would say New Japan might be. I mean, obviously, WWE's the cut bearer, but I would say New Japan up cl- up there with WWE's almost their prestige-wise, just because of the history and tradition of it. I don't think they're going anywhere. Oh, absolutely I think, not. I think their hype has even gotten even more, How I've been on Twitter for a while, you know, on a couple different accounts, and I've never seen people tweet about New Japan as much as they are right now. Everybody's kind of getting a hold of it, and they're like, I want to check this out. And I don't has there I don't think there's ever really been a dull moment in New Japan, you know, because they always deliver. That's I think the thing that appeals people to New Japan is the basis of wrestling. You know, the Japanese companies and Japanese tradition even is they're solely focused on the wrestling. I mean, I don't know is there much like entertainment like storylines or like promos or like cheesy stuff in New Japan really at all? I I haven't watched in years because I can't afford New Japan World at the moment, unfortunately. But is it? Would you say it's more strictly wrestling based, Kevin? Or yeah, it's definitely more of a traditional wrestling company. It, that entertainment aspect that you see in WWE, whether you love it or hate it, it's not there in New Japan to an extent. There, are, I mean, I'm sure there's you know there's some entertainment. They they've branched out and done some more WWE esque things. I think in recent years, I know they had their first ladder match back in like 2015. They've introduced a couple, a couple new belts. They've had some more, you know. They've they've done more with the cam with the camera work and production values are sort of starting to look a little bit like WWE's. But it's definitely a more traditional wrestling company. The focus yeah. is on the action in the ring, and it's reflected in how good the superstars are. The the, the, the best pure wrestling in the world is in Japan. Absolutely, I agree with that. You know. Look at the who's who's that have, you know kind of started their career or you know came from there like Omega you know what that's when he became a big star in New Japan you know Okada he may be the best wrestler in the planet depending on people's opinions like Tanashi Tanahashi I'm sorry I'm terrible with you know mispronunciation Nate Nakamura was there like you have all these guys that you know. New Japan's listed as stardom. You know, maybe not some people know them, but if you're diehard wrestling fans like us three are, you know who those guys are because, you know, the, of their ring work in New Japan. Like you said, I agree. Solely based off wrestling, it's great. You know, if you're feeling wrestling, New Japan is the place to watch. So, up next, anybody you guys follow the NWA really anymore? Here and there, you know, it's... It's definitely come back into a bit of the limelight in the last couple of years. Um, 
I know they're going to TV soon, which is very exciting. Absolutely. They got some talent there. I I would say New Japan. I mean, sorry, uh, NWA. So I was looking at the champions list on New Japan just to make sure my information is right. But I think the NWA is, once again, I would say, you know, maybe it's not on the TV as a limelight, but all hardcore wrestling fans know the NWA. And it might be the most prestigious I will, company wrestling-wise. I mean, don't it used to be all end-all in prestige? We're just going to put that there on that. But... Like, I think the NWA is one of those things that it just keeps getting better. And it seems like ever since Billy Corrigan, I believe is his last name, yeah. took over, like, he's putting more emphasis on expanding NWA again and making it more mainstream. Come kind of getting the attention it deserves. Would you yeah. guys... I should ask this. Are you guys going to watch it when it hits TV? Like, is it something that has your guys' intrigue, NWA? Oh, yes. Or... Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Kevin? Listen, if they put wrestling on TV, um, if I'm able to watch it, I will watch it. I try yeah. to I try to take in as much wrestling as I can. If it's going to be on television, I'm going to try to find it. Hell yeah. Absolutely. It's just like, it would be awesome to see NWA go back to its glory days. I think TV would help. I mean, you've had Flair, San Martino, you know, Lou Fez. Like, oh, this yeah, the, place, like, Dusty Rhodes. This the, is, NWA is the be-all, end-all. It's like the gate bearer. Yeah, the absolute, the absolute legend, true legends of the business. If you, most true legends started NWA. Oh, yeah. And that says a lot about the company. And, you know, the fact that it's still striving. When Nick Aldis had a great title reign. You know, you've had, you know, several great guys. And I don't think the NWA is ever going anywhere, I think. It's just if especially the guys are into territory wrestling, I think oh it's gonna kind of stick to the NWA. You know. Right. It's not mainstream but it's still great wrestling. Yeah. So I just wanna get those two big companies out of the way before I get into these. Um so let's get to the big four, I guess if you wanna call it. I mean New Japan's probably more big four than Ring of Honor and Impact, but I have some kind of stronger opinions about we'll start with Impact first. Uh what do you guys think? kind of the direction and the future and how things have been going for Impact lately has been going. Kevin, if you want to start us. Yeah, Impact's in an interesting place right now. Um, they're st- I think they're still searching for an identity right now. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not so much in the women's division, because I think Impact has the strongest women's division in the world mm-hmm. right now. But I think that the rest of their roster, I, they're still searching for an identity. I think they're looking for what they want to be because it's so hard for Impact to maintain superstars because they're not signing them to long-term contracts. It seems like the money's not there half the time. But recently, the management has been more concrete. They've been able to lock up some superstars. I know they just lost LAX. I know that Killer Cross is sort of on the outs with them. But they locked up Jordan Grace. They locked up Sunil Dashwood. And then you have, you know, Taya Valkyrie, Tessa Blanchard is there. You have Michael Elgin, who's there now. Big superstar around the world, Michael Elgin is. Yeah. He's, yeah. And he's wrestling uh, Naomichi Fuji from Pro Wrestling Noah at, uh, what is it, Bound for Glory, I think it is. Yeah. Which is going to be a huge match. That's going to be a pivotal pay-per-view for Impact uh, going forward in the future. I think they're in an interesting place right now. I think if Bound for Glory delivers... They are going to be on a bit of the upswing. Yeah. Impact is like a cockroach. It's like, it's his low, but it never goes away. 
It never <laughs> dies. I like that's that. a good thing. Like they always rebound. Yeah, yeah, I, I like, like that analogy there. Yeah, you know, they hit it really low. When I would say the low for them was when Eric Bischoff and Hogan came in there, and they just like they tried to go to war with WWE, and then they kind of sunk for a little bit. But then they got all this new management. They have a TV deal now, which hopefully you know if that TV deal money might be able to pay some of their superstars to stick around because right now you know their roster kind of got ate up a little bit if AW and WWE. But I think you're gonna start seeing a resurgence. Like it already has, you know. Like Kevin said, I think they have the best knockout, the best women's division. The knockouts are the best women's division in pro wrestling. You know, Tessa Blanchard is a superstar. Now she's arguably, yeah. probably, arguably, if not the best women's wrestler <laughs> in the world right now. I mean, look at her work with Sammy Callahan. Yeah. It's like they have a lot of great foundational pieces. You know, like Kevin said, some people have left. You know, Scarlett Boudreaux, you know. LAX, Kevin, you know, Cross or Killer Cross or whatever. I might botch my name, but I'm sorry. I'm trying to put my feet in spots here. But I think that with this TV deal, you know, it's going to start swinging. Impact hopefully in a better direction. And like Kevin said, Bound for Glory is going to be huge for them. You know, Michael Elgin, you know, that already is a huge start getting him from Ring of Honor. So I'm kind of interested in, you know, to see how Impact deals with some of their, you know, things. I think management's better. I think that, you know, if they keep in the right direction, they're going to be kind of a lot more people are going to start talking about them again. Would you guys agree? I I would agree, and it's it's like it, it's such a it's a good thing to see that they've you know they've started to find their stride again because like you know after the. I guess what you would call the the golden years of TNA when Styles and Joe and those guys and um, Austin Aries and those guys were there, and then of course the you know the Bischoff Hogan Dixie Carter downturn. It, it's it's good to see that they've got their management back and they're they're starting to be on that upswing as a company that you really want to have on your radar again. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed Impact until they started trying to get to WWE-esque. Yeah. Hopefully they're back to, you know, they're having some success. Hopefully they just go back to their traditional, you know, ways. Be Impact. Don't be WWE. And I think they learned from that, and you're going to see a resurgence of Impact a little bit here. Um, so, have you guys heard of a company called GCW? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I haven't watched much of it, but I think... It's kind of interesting in time in wrestling where we're having a lot of companies, you know, try to incorporate martial arts into, right. you know, wrestling. That's what GCW is, I believe, because Josh Barnett started and he was a he was a UFC fighter in his day. And what do you guys think about that? Do you like like the no ring kind of? It's like a backyard wrestling league with actual wrestlers <laughs> that's a, i mean that's a that's a good analogy to put it i mean i like i like the fact that they're just you know they're literally changing the game and that's never a bad thing especially with the way that they do their shows and the way that it's set up i mean it really is game changing and it, it's it, it's highly entertaining to watch uh, kevin do you have any thoughts about gcw yeah i think it's got a real gritty feel to it i i i'm I'm not as big a fan as some of the other uh, folks on Brain Bust are, but I definitely have taken in the blood sports shows, and I just yeah. really I I love the I love the approach they take that like that like you said that martial arts sort of 
hybrid wrestling style. It's really, really intriguing to me. I really like that style of wrestling. So I'm I'm in on it when they do shows like that. It's just the the, the thing is, you know, they're, A, they're hard to find because they're not like the biggest indie in the world. Absolutely B, they're hard to find. <laughs> they're not um, consistently putting out shows like that. Bloodsport happens like once a year. Uh, they have other shows, obviously, but, the, you know, they don't all they don't all produce that high quality you look for so they're great they're great they're on the up they're on the up and up for sure yeah see that's funny you mentioned brain buster actually is i actually have never heard of gcw until i saw brain buster and smart to death tweeting about it so it got me a little interested and you know i'm not a huge death match guy to be honest you know if they're gonna do it i think you know it needs to be like a rivalry ending match but the way they do it, it's like the whole setup, it almost makes it cool to watch, fun to watch. You know, you have Janela and Kevin. Why do I keep calling Kevin Cross? I Killer Cross was there and he called out Batista. <laughs> so he called that's out Batista at Bloodsport. And I think that's a good idea because doing something like that's going to get you more public mainstream attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely, I mean, uh, you know, it's unfortunate nothing would come of that, but it's definitely the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of interested in checking out more GCW. Like Kevin said, it's kind of hard to find a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think they're on Fight TV app. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and that's the thing is that even the hard-to-find indies are becoming easier to, to access with the advent of things like Fight TV and, you know, Powerbomb TV, Powerslam.tv. All these different, like, streaming services and wrestling websites are making it easier to find anything. You can find wrestling from the small... You can find wrestling from, like, the smallest company in friggin', I don't know, like, the middle of nowhere. You could find it somewhere online. That wasn't always the case. They might still be hard to find, but they're not impossible. Exactly, and if you can't watch it, you have all these people, you know, because wrestling is booming. You have everybody wanting to do podcasts and writing stories, and, you know, you have apps to watch it. It's like it's easier to find content and ability to watch or catch up or read about a show, you know, and see if it intrigues you. And also, and it's great. But also there's also a High Spots, High Spots Wrestling Network. That's another yeah. good streaming one, too. Is Bleacher Report live only doing AEW, or are they going to be doing other stuff too? Uh, the last I heard, uh, or the last all that I've seen is only their partnership with AEW. I'm not sure if they're expanding. I no, hope so. Ke- Kevin hit on huge. There's just so many platforms now to you know watch wrestling. You know, I would have got into it a lot earlier. You know, I got into it. You know, obviously, and the Attitude Era. You know, ruthless aggression era. Because, you know, I was old enough to understand it, but it's just like, I wish I there was some of that one. I was, you know, we were even kids. Just imagine how much more we could have watched. You know, yeah, there's Attitude WCW, but there's other companies around at that time. It would have been great to kind of check those out at the same time. Yeah, I agree. That would have been awesome. I would say wrestling right now is the most accessible it's ever been. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. Which is a good or bad thing because, you know, Sometimes people would say social media has kind of killed the inside of the business, you know, kayfabe-wise, but I think for the most part, it's a pretty good thing. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, Ring of Honor. Yeah, this is this is, this is is a good one, yeah. I have some 
feelings about Ring of Honor. So I will, uh, Kevin, since you're the guest, I'll, go, I'll let you go first. But what do you think about Ring of Honor right now? I have like completely fallen out with Ring of Honor. Okay. I, used, <laughs> I used to keep I used to keep pretty close tabs on Ring of Honor, but I feel like the direction they're going in is not a good one. I no. don't, you know, people don't go to shows. People don't stick around Ring of Honor. I bet Absolutely. if you ask, you ask ten wrestling fans who the world champion is in Ring of Honor, I bet nine of them couldn't tell you that it's Matt Taven because people don't know who Matt Taven is. I, I'm, I'm hoping that he's still the world champion. I'm hoping I'm not just completely misspeaking. <laughs> I hope. But I know, he, I know he won the belt at uh, the, with the RHG1 Supercard, which is probably yeah. the last big show, big mainstream exposure Ring of Honor got because I, I can't, I, I just can't keep up with it when it's it, not, I feel like they're not, not that they're not trying. That's a terrible thing to accuse anybody of not trying. But they're not succeeding at what they're what they're trying to do right now. They just yeah. the, the roster isn't the roster's there, but the, the stories aren't there. Losing the elite really hurt them because a lot of a lot of their storylines were geared towards guys like the Bucks and Rhodes. Rhodes is world champ for so long. That Ring of Honor is probably not in a good place right now. And in terms of framing it as the big four wrestling companies in the world, Ring of Honor. Is probably on the way down out of that. Yeah, there was a definite time where Ring of Honor was the number two or three or even two promotion. Of the yeah, people were saying it was better than Impact as the number two for oh, yeah. a long time. Yeah, because you had guys like Danielson and and Kevin Steen and El Generico, terrific wrestlers. They still Nigel have McGinnis. terrific wrestlers, but the stories aren't there. Yeah. It's it. It's sad. <laughs> um, I'll let you go ahead and give your thoughts, Shape. No, I mean, it's just like this This one, when, when we were talking about doing the, the state of wrestling, this was this was the biggest one that I, I was I, I was looking forward to because it's like, in I, when I say looking forward to, I don't mean in the best of way because this one, this one's like, I, I guess like me and you, Dustin, we've talked about this. This one's kind of like a little bit more personal because we've seen so many guys that we've been a fan of for so many years come through there. And I've been following Ring of Honor since, like, the early 2000s and shit, when it was, like, you know, Punk and Ono and all those guys. And, of course, to see who they, you know, who they adapted and who has come through there to where they got to, to where they are now is honestly, as a diehard wrestling fan, very hurtful to see how far they've, they've sunk in, in the, like Kevin said, in the, in the big four of wrestling companies. Cause honestly, like if you look at them now, I wouldn't even put them in that, in that category. Who would and you name the big four of both of you right now? Kevin, who would you, who would you say? Well, I think, I, I think we're probably gonna have the same ones, maybe not the same order, but, uh, I think I mean if you're a type, if you're asking me who the big four the big four pay per views in the world are, I'm going WWE, going New Japan, going AEW, and I'm going Impact. AEW's already got that buzz despite not even having a TV deal yet. They've already got more buzz than Impact and Ring of Honor combined. Uh, honestly, yeah. my my list is actually 100% unchanged from that. Honestly, I agree. You mean you could put AAA in the conversation? As number five, which means Ring of Honor would be number six. Yeah, they they they've gone from easily, uh, I would say, number two all the way down to six over the last couple years, and that is such a shame to see for literally what was the best wrestling company for so many years. Yeah, see, 
AEW and WWE were kind of, you know, obviously we're going to talk about they're huge for Sabio, but my this idea to say that wrestling for me actually came off Ring of Honor. Because it's like, I see no coverage about it anymore on Twitter. Mm-hmm. No one cares. No, nobody, nobody it, it, gives. It hurts, you know? I mean, they were so good. They pretty much were WWE's farm system before NXT, like, became what it is now. Like, think about all the guys on the roster that are from Ring of Honor. I mean, let's see. Owens, Generico, Zane. It's just funny because I'm one of there's some people I think that actually have no idea they're the same person. <laughs> if you watch Twitter, it's kind of interesting. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, like you said, Cesaro. Tyler Danielson, Black. I say Rollins. You know, Everybody, the who's who's like you, know, you said, the universal champion of WWE right now was a Ring of Honor superstar. Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan. Yep. Nigel. How many people? I wonder. I wonder how many people know who Nigel McGuinness is. Yeah, prior to him joining the NXT team, that would be. I would be curious to know that. Yes. Nigel and Danielson were my favorite feud of Ring of Honor all time. On t- with uh, you know, obviously Steen and Generico, but. It's just, it's sad. It's like they stop. I, I hate to say this, like Kevin, but I think I feel like they stopped trying. Like, are they even trying to develop new guys anymore? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of got that feel of like, like Kevin stated, after they lost the elite. Honestly, they they've kind of put the company on, you know, Matt Taven and Marty Scrolls back. Jay Lethal and Jay Lethal and Jay Lethal. He's he's loyal to the end. It looks like. And it's just they don't. It doesn't feel like they are. I mean, I, I'm sure they are, but it just doesn't f- come across that way as as fan viewership. Um, sorry, I, did you? Try, I thought Kevin. Were you trying to say something, Kevin, before you went? No, I'm just. I'm thinking that you know when I think of Ring of Honor, I think of two. I think of Jay Lethal. I think of the Briscoes. They're yeah. both still. They're all still there. And they're they have a heavy hand in everything, which they should. But outside of those, outside of the Briscoes and Jay Lethal, you know, I, I don't really think about anybody else on the roster right now and say, like, "Oh, that's a really Taven if he's still there." Say like, Taven, and then I mean, like you know, going back in like the wrestling archives. Um, I mean, it's cool. I don't. It's I don't think it's a good direction, but I think it's cool to see PCO get kind of a career resurgence with them. <laughs> I mean, it's like I said, it's, that's definitely not the direction because he's fifty something years old. But you know, as a uh, to see him get a career resurgence is cool. But it's just like their their fall off is just so bad. I mean, they're pushing Bully Ray as a top star. Do you do either of you think that's a good idea? No, no, Kevin. No, no, I don't. No. Okay, sorry, you guys had it at the same time. It's just like, come on, man. You guys had all that greatness, and now Bully Ray and PCO are your top stars. Yeah. It's sad, you know? And I think Marty Scroll is one of their biggest stars, but he's heading out, too, in, I think, November. Mm-hmm. Villain Enterprises. Yeah, it's like, I, right. I believe it's November, I, and I, I'd be willing to bet half my paycheck he doesn't re-sign. No, he's not re-signing. I think he already said that, I believe. But, all right. So, uh, AEW. Let's talk AEW. What are your thoughts, Kevin, on AEW as a company, you know, off the couple shows we've had? Well, we've had, like, three, four shows. Yeah, we've had, uh, we, thinking out loud, um, Double or Nothing, Fight for the Fall, and Fighter Fest All Out. 
if you want to throw all in on there, even though they weren't technically a company then. Yeah. So, like, four shows, we'll say. Uh, yeah. I really like what I've seen. I, I thought all four shows were very good. Um, it's just, the thing is, like, we, we haven't seen them on a week-to-week basis. I, I think if we saw WWE pay-per-views every two or three months and that was it, we would all be saying that WWE is, like, the greatest thing ever. So yeah. the real test, and this is really where they cut, they're going to cut their teeth, is TV. Now, what are yeah. we going to see every week? Are we going to see this more sports-based approach? Are we going to see entertainment? Who's going to be Are we going to see Jericho go on a long title run? Are we going to see the, the belt on some new blood? There's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of questions regarding AEW. And, and hopefully, they're all sat- hopefully they're all satisfied and answered relatively soon. Because wrestling fans have short attention spans, mm-hmm. and if AEW isn't, you know, performing to a satisfactory level soon, they don't really have a grace period. They they have to they have to perform and they have to perform now. That's right. We're already seeing some of the discontent from wrestling fans on Twitter. So, <laughs> um, wrestling Twitter is a notoriously fickle bunch. See, <laughs> <laughs> where's Daniel Bryan when he needs him? Fickle. <laughs> um, so, if there was one critique that really like stands out to you about AEW so far, what would it be, Kevin? I, I think that um, my it's tough. My main critique would probably be their women's division so far. I don't. I know they've had some really great matches, but they haven't really made stars of some of the superstars the way I think that they intended. I know there's going to be backlash against Brandy Rhodes. I think Brandy Rhodes is fine at what she does, and she's doing good work behind the scenes. I just I, they got to be careful not to become too centric on her and on Britt Baker. I know that not it's I'm so I'm pleasantly surprised that neither of them are going to be involved for the first AEW Women's Championship match, being Nyla Rose and I think Riho. But no. but they're not stars to me. You know, they're not they're not stars to me. I don't think they have a true star in the women's division right now. And that's gotta be their main priority is finding one and mining it and turning someone into a diamond. I, I, only if if only the diamond could come over to AEW. I know, right? right? <laughs> um so you know, they also took and it sucks, they also took kind of a hit too of Kelly Ray leaving. You know, I thought she could have been a big star if Yeah. You know, Given some exposure. She has that Bailey feel to her, kind of? She does. She has that really, like, all-American babyface type of character. It is a real shame that things didn't work out with her. Because in that one appearance she made, she was over. The crowd loved her. That pop was something sensational. I mean, from what I've seen of her, I'm a big fan. And I hope that, you know, she does well in whatever the future holds for her. But it really sucks that I really was looking forward to seeing her in AEW. Yeah, I was really looking forward to Smiley Kylie. Hopefully, whatever <laughs> is going on, personal life-wise, you know, I'm assuming it's some personal life-related. Hopefully, it's okay and that she'll be okay. That's a big thing, I think. We wish on all wrestlers. So, um, what are you saying? What are you, what are you from AEW's direction right now? And what would be your biggest critique so far of it? Well, I mean, with with the four shows that we've seen, I think they, I mean, they've done a hell of a job, and I, I, I agree a lot on Kevin's point for their for their women's division, 
they they really don't have that solidified face of the the division yet and their 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 biggest thing of course right now is getting to tv and establishing real quick like you know kevin made a lot of good points on that because you know they're the new they're the new kid in town they're the hot blood and if you don't deliver out of the gate then you know as as uh, i believe kevin called them the very fickle bunch that wrestling community <laughs> twitter is um they will be they will be heel turned on really really quick but my biggest critique with AEW so far going forward is they they did a good job of this at all out um they just need to limit and stop well completely stop not limit stop their WWE shots um, they did a good job of that at All Out, and hopefully on TV they don't do none of that because that's just wasted TV time. But, you know, I agree with Kevin's point. The women's division and their shot-taking are the only two things they really need to, that they really need to work on going into TV. Wait, what, what about you, Kevin? With the nonstop shots they take at WWE, does that kind of, you know, want to turn you away from AEW? Or, like, what do you Here's my thing. The first, the first shot they fired, I thought, oh boy, here we go, like, this is going to be good. But then, like you said, the, the non-stop aspect of it, and some of the hokiness of it, like Cody Rhodes taking a sledgehammer to the throne, uh, and what, I think it was a double or nothing. Yeah. That, that, that was unnecessary, hokey, and it just, it play, it doesn't play well to the room. Like, it comes off as you trying to be something you're not. You said it before with Impact. When Impact takes shots at WWE, they're trying to be WWE. They're not trying to be Impact. AEW has to be careful of fall, not falling into the same trap. They are not the WWE. They have to go out there and be AEW. Exactly. I think, you know, I get, you know, they wanted to make a big sh- impact at, you know, the first, you know, double or nothing. So I think after that throne shot, it should have stopped, period. I mean, I... I agree. I can see why you say it's unnecessary for it to, you know, throw a shot in the first place. I mean, I know Cody came out and said, you know, it, he wanted to address a personal issue he had with Triple H by doing that. So, after that, it's just like, you got to stop. I mean, I already see, once again, good old wrestling Twitter that we're all part of. That's one of the big things that's already turning people away from AEW's that. Yeah. And I, I can see why. Yeah, it's like you don't, you do not want, because you know Kevin made the the really good points. Like you do not want to be, because people can see no matter what you say about wrestling Twitter, whether you love us or you hate us or you hate a certain <laughs> group or whatever it is, we can see through BS. Like no, you oh, know yeah. that's one of the biggest things that wrestling community Twitter or social media. Well, let's just say wrestling social media has the ability to do is see through BS. And if you, if you go out there and you try to present this, we're going to see as the fans and the viewers, we're going to see through that easily. Yeah, I, I agree. So my biggest thing with AW, you know, like the shot talking, taking, we've all said, I think that's all given is, you know, I think the critique right now is that what kind of stories did they really have going into TV that they've built for their shows? Like, is there really a big story going on? Yeah, that's like that's like the biggest question I have. Well, you, Kevin, is there any takeaway? Did you get any kind of storyline fills or well, like, any, 
it's tough because they've had it without TV. You have to do your yeah. storytelling exclusively on social media, and not every. I, I know I don't actually follow the AEW Twitter account, so I'm not privy to some of the videos, the Road Twos, and the the Being the Elites that yeah. are put out every week. That that's how they further storylines. So it's tough for them. I know the the one thing I know they're building towards is. Kenny Omega, John Moxley. I've seen that on Twitter. They're yeah. doing a good job of building that. But outside of that, I couldn't tell you what the what the storylines are going to be, what the rivalries are going to be. But right. it's that's okay because they're sort of starting from scratch. That's what the TV is. They're they're, they're basically starting anew. So we we'll yeah. see these storylines built. I think that you know, obviously you can't do much when you're on TV. But usually at the pay reviews you want one or two things to hook you into why you should watch them on TV. But I think it don't want nothing. They kind of did that. Like they have this whole is MJF going to turn on Cody thing going on right now. And, you know, obviously like Kevin said, Mox Omega, I think everybody's looking forward to. Yeah. That, that's well, been one of the, best... I shouldn't say everybody. I don't know. Like if everybody is, I am looking forward to it. I mean, and that that's probably been one of the best built up feuds and like using strictly social media. That's been one of the best built up feuds <laughs> in the last year and a half. So I, I think AEW is in a good position, but they really just need to keep wrestling base. You know, they're the people that are appealed to them right now are the hardcore wrestling crowd. The people that say we're tired of seeing, you know, floaties come out of an entrance ramp and <laughs> you know hugging people and stuff. <laughs> you know, we want to watch wrestling. And we don't have access to New Japan, so AEW is the second closest thing. But it's obviously a little sports entertainment value. But I think they're in a good direction. They just need to keep doing what they're doing. Obviously work a little bit on camera angles and all that. But I'm not nitpicky like a lot of other people are on that. They're new. They're working from the ground up like Kevin said. So people need to not harp on them that much about those kind of things. But also star power is like... One big thing I keep worrying about, and they've done okay with it so far, is how they book the elite. Yeah. Is, are they going to be going over on everybody? Which they haven't been, thankfully. Like, Omega and Paige both lost at double or nothing. And Cody, I... God, well, all out. Cody won. You mean all out. Yeah, dude, sorry. Yeah, I'm off of it today. Yes, all out. Obviously, double or nothing was Cody versus Dustin. One of the best matches of the year. But, yeah, so all out, you know, they had some good booking on the Elite. But it's hopefully they keep that. You know, you don't want to make those guys look strong because that just feels like WWE right there. Well, strong on over over everybody. Or NWO, Phil, WCW. See how that went. Yeah. But, so I think AW's in a good spot. I'm curious to see how their TV goes. Because they only have, like Kevin said, they only have, you know, I think people give you about a month or two to work your kinks out. Mm-hmm. But after that, <laughs> they'll go right back to WWE if they don't like what you're doing. Or New Japan or New Impact J- or something else. I think we can all agree WWE's never going anywhere. Oh, no. No way. AEW's the one that's going to have to keep pace with them. They're not, they're not, WWE's not going anywhere. They're too established, so... On that transition to let's talk WWE. Well, let's talk NXT mainly for right now. How are you guys feeling going into tomorrow NXT's first television taping? Well, um, 
I, I feel I'm excited. It's a new era, new era for wrestling. The uh, as you said, Wednesday night wars. The the first seeds are planted tomorrow or today, depending on when people are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I think NXT is still the hot commodity in wrestling. I think the way that they put together shows is so unique and so unlike anything we see in wrestling right now. They found that like perfect mix of sports entertainment and wrestling, where the matches are really good, but the stories are there. You know, you're not just purely a wrestling company. You have stories, and you've done great build. You know, we see that with uh, you know stories like Gargano and Champa, and Gargano and Black, and Gargano and anybody, because Gargano is just the superstar. Yeah, Gargano. I think NXT is in a great spot. Obviously, going to TV is a move that had its detractors. It it had people that didn't like it, but I think this is only going to help the brand. I think going live is a great learning experience for the NXT superstars. Getting out of the, the habit of taping shows once a month, you're going to have to get used to shooting live every week when you go up to raw or SmackDown. So I don't see why this would be a bad thing for them. I think this is a good thing for NXT. I think it's a good thing for wrestling. There's more again, accessibility it's on network tv now people are going to be able to see it that didn't see it before they weren't able to see it because they didn't have the wwe network now that's not a problem anymore yeah i agree uh shape what do you think about nxt and its direction going what's going on tv and stuff well i mean it's like nxt going to tv for me was it was a brilliant call because um uh, i really like kevin's point there it's gonna I think it's going to show a lot. I mean, they already have superstars. There's no doubt that they have superstars tier talent. And but it's going to give them a chance to get out of that niche of, you know, a weekend at full sale taping three or four episodes. Now you got to do it. You got to be ready every week. And um my biggest thing is I I like that it's going to give people a chance who aren't paying the 9.99 a month for the WWE network. It's going to give people a chance to see who these guys and who these men and women are. So I think it's going to add a lot more to their, to their eventual call-ups to the main roster because you hear about these, these men and women, but you don't really follow it because you don't have the network. So now you can watch it live every Wednesday night. And then when they get called up, it actually, I think it's going to help the initial, I guess, would you want to say the initial push of the superstar when they get called up? Because now, because ever, you know, everybody gets called up. It seems like the night after WrestleMania and the pops (laughs) there because the crowd's hot, the crowd's alive. It's because it's the night after mania, but then that wears off because the exposure was never there on that particular person. So now you can see that you can see everybody weekly and find who you like and who you don't like, you know, things like that. So going on TV is a brilliant move, and it's going to continue their direction of just delivering, honestly, probably the best show going right now. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, you want to bounce off? And you might have already said, do you think that them being on TV is going to actually get people to care when they get caught up now? Yeah, because I, th- I think the hardest part for a call-up is that initial, that initial bump up. I think getting connecting with crowds is something that isn't happening with a lot of superstars because they're not, they're unknowns coming up, and that, that, that makes sense because obviously before there was NXT and there you know superstars were training in Deep South and FCW and OVW, 
You know, you didn't know who they were when they came up. No. But the thing is that people, these superstars aren't connecting with the crowd the way uh, I think everyone was hoping. So this will be a nice little way for everyone to get to know the NXT superstars. You know, they'll get to know their, their work, their movesets, their, their highs, their lows, their everything, their story. And you'll be more familiar with them when they debut. So they won't have as much of a steep climb up just to get recognized. And it's ruthless because if you don't get recognized right away, Vince McMahon gives up on you. Right. So yeah. it's not fair to him as it is. Well, and another thing about the another thing about their transition to TV is uh, I want to hear what y'all think about this point. Um, you know, it, it seems like the cool thing to do with the NXT superstars is what's known as the mass mania call-ups. No. Now, with them going to TV, hopefully this actually allows them to kind of stop that. And once they're once they've had their NXT run, allow them to be called up and you know, accepted quicker than because the mass mania call-ups while they're a great, I, you know, while they're a great pop, you only have a short little bit of time to make an impression because 10 seconds can be forgotten like nothing. And, you know, do you think this is going to help them when their call-up time comes being on TV and hopefully disengage the mania call-ups a little bit? Well, I it makes so. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so the NXT TV, you know, <laughs> Kevin brought up there's some detractors. I was actually one of them. Um, only and that's only because I'm a little scared of what McMahon's involvement will be for it. It's like hopefully, and I think Triple H said Vince is completely hands off except for talking to the networkers. Right. That was good to hear. And also the layout's kind of weird. If I read right, and I don't know if you guys heard this. One hour is going to be on TV. The other is going to be on the network. Is that? Have you guys heard that? Well, I've heard that it's going to be um, the for at least the first the initial couple weeks that it's on TV. The first hour is going to be solely on USA, and then the second hour is going to be dual dual streamed on. Well, it's still going to be live on USA, but the uh, second hour is going to be on the network. Yeah. Um. So that was that was kind of interesting to me because it's like if that's if it goes to the network, why? What would stop someone from flipping over to the second hour of AEW? Yeah, like, it, it was kind of a weird format to me a little bit. But so, I think I'm I'm interested. I'm I think it's gonna build something around these NXT guys, so when they get caught up, they're not dead in the water. Mm-hmm. I think is unfortunate. There's a lot of people that can't afford the network or they don't follow. Some of these guys' careers coming into WWE. Yeah. Like, I, I hear a lot of people pooping on Shane Strick. Oh, um, Miles, Jordan Miles. <laughs> because, and boy, I wish people knew the talent he had coming into WWE because yeah. like he's not getting very much of a fair shot right now. But I think it's going to help big time. And because Vince McMahon, he's a genius, but he also. Is I, I'm trying to find a word here. Spiteful. Yeah, that's a good one. If you don't get over your first t- day on TV, you're done. And how's that fair? Because no one knows who they are yet, unfortunately. Unless you're diehard and you watch on the network every week. So TV is huge. So 
my question to you guys is, with them being on TV, do you guys see former NXT superstars getting called back down to NXT to be on television? I think what? initially, yes. I think early on in the run, in order to pop the pop the show and get people interested, I think we will see some main roster names go back down, throw in a cup of coffee run in NXT. I don't think that's going to be the business model forever. Because I do think that at its core, NXT is still going to be a developmental brand. But I think you're going to see big names down there initially just for ratings' sake. I heard Kevin Owens' name flow around, but I know he showed up on SmackDown and handed Shane Man like lawsuit papers. <laughs> yeah, he did. But I heard his name possibly. You know who would be great? If he doesn't go to NXT UK, you know who would be great in NXT, though? Cesaro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, matches with Sam, his match with Sami Zayn back in NXT kind of is what helped put NXT on the map a tad bit. I would agree. Because I think yeah. people forgot that Sami Zayn was the heart of NXT. Yeah. Oh yeah. Him and Shinsuke. Oh no, no question. So that's a. I don't want to bring that because I think that's a guy that could go into you know NXT, go back. He could really you know use that. Well, I I think. And uh, to add on to a little bit of Kevin's point, um, I think that some some of the uh, like Kevin said, some of the big names will go back for uh, what do you call it? A cup of coffee run. I like that. I, li- I like that. I like that. Um, but I think there are I think there should be some names. And I, I would put Cesaro's name in that category of some names that honestly should try to get back to NXT more regularly than just for a small run because of the way that their their main roster, uh, whether you want to call it call up or run or however you want to want to word it, um, has gone. So I, I think they're like Cesaro. I think would be great, a uh, beneficial for a, a boost if he could go back and do NXT and then do some NXT UK stuff because his main roster run has been anything but what you would expected from from him when he got called up. Yeah, after the Andre Giant Bell Royal win, that should have been his. Yeah, that should have been his. That should have been his rocket pad to a huge world title push. Super over. He was super over. Oh yeah. And they messed that up. But so, what? Well, so the draft is coming up. Do you think that that? Here's the thing. I'm kind of wondering is if they're gonna have main super. That that's why I asked this. Is if they're gonna have main roster guys get drafted down to NXT? Maybe like, that would be intriguing, wouldn't it? I was saying because I was thinking about it. If they're really they they've pretty much now finally they finally officially said NXT's the third brand. They're not develop. I feel like at this point they're not developmental. They're the third brand. They're making it that. Well, way. I mean, if you actually, but it, then again, if you listen to, I mean, of course, if you read the the news sites and things, that rumor has it that NXT is not going to be included in the draft at all. Well, hopefully, hopefully, I, hopefully I'd that's not. yeah. Hope I mean, hopefully not. But I mean, that is a really good point if they were. And can you imagine Brock Lesnar getting drafted to NXT? <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> so, um, I think that NXT is going to flourish. I think it's going to be really helpful. Um, let's talk main roster. Uh, Kevin, what do you think the state of main roster is? You know, we had Clash of Champions. We're going to have the Fiend. It looks like go. He's going to go against Rollins. I. Uh, and then we have Brock Lesnar randomly against Kofi Kingston at Hell in a Cell. That's like, not Hell in a Cell. Swerving, 
What? It's for the debut uh, episode. Yes, Fox's debut episode. My head's all over the place. I'm sorry. Um, so what do you guys think of the storylines built up and the pay per views? Like, what do you think the state of main rosters? Are you liking the direction they're going in? You can be as critical as you want. We don't care. We we try to be neutral, so you don't have to like say anything to like think, oh, these guys are big dirty or anything. So what do you think is the uh, you know, what do you think about the main roster right now, Kevin? I guess the directions of Heyman, Bischoff, the storylines, all that. I think there's been a noticeable improvement in main roster shows over the last couple of weeks, couple of months. I definitely think it's been better. There was a period of time back like three, four months ago after WrestleMania where where Monday Night Raw was like the worst thing in the world. To watch. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather have, I'd rather watch paint dry than watch. <laughs> nice. But I think they I think they hit rock. But I think they bottomed out somewhere along the line, and I think they're slowly climbing back up the mountain. I think that um, both shows, Raw and SmackDown, are doing a pretty good job. I, now that they're doing away with the wild card rule and establishing rosters again, I think that's for the best because I know everyone hated on the wild card rule, myself included. Yeah. I, I, I like set rosters. I like a brand split. I think it makes both shows more important because, you know, you have to tune into both shows to get a full picture of what's going on. So I think that they're in a good direction. I think they're on the up and up. They're, 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 they're trending upward. Uh, there are still some things, still some you know WWE things that we have, none of us like that they still do with alarming regularity. There's still bad segments, <laughs> but I think they're they're fewer and far between now, and I think we're actually getting some good segments and some good wrestling on weekly TV, which you, you couldn't say that months ago. No. Extreme rules to literally like the last couple of weeks was awful. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh come on, they've had enough of a great segments. You're telling me that Rusev being Maria's baby daddy isn't oh, great? That was one of those. That was one of those vintage <laughs> WWE segments right there. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, Heyman actually booked that. Yeah, uh, like well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because like, see, when I when I read the article actually this morning that Heyman was like the sole head of Raw Monday night, I was like, oh my god, Heyman, no, you're like a <laughs> hero to me, bro. Like, don't do this to me. And it's like, well, yeah, nobody's perfect. So, do you think direction wise, it's time to put the towel on the fiends, Kevin? Uh, I think they have to strike all the irons hot. I think that. that- I, it's something we're not used to seeing. We're used to seeing a superstar debut, or in this case, re-debut. And, you know, there's months to build before they even think about sniffing the championship. I think they have to put the Universal Championship on the Fiend at Hell in a Cell. I think it, it is the he's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. And Seth Rollins' title reign isn't exactly drawn <laughs> rave reviews. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been the greatest. I think a Fiend championship reign will be great. Alan, well, what do you think about Fiend? I mean, honestly, I, I, I agree 100% on the fact. I mean, like, this is probably one of the most watch, must-watch TV things that WWE's come up with in years, honestly. Because the 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 re-debut, the the creation of the character has been flawless, and the booking of it has been great. 
But it's like you gotta you gotta strike it when it's hot, like Kevin said. And Hell in a Cell is the perfect place to do that because that that's Fiend written all over it. That type of match is is the Fiend written all over it. And then the way that they've been booking the, especially on Raw, Raw was a prime example of the proper way to book the the multiple personalities of Wyatt with the Firefly Funhouse segments because they did it at the beginning. And they kept it going throughout the night so you couldn't exactly turn the show off because you were afraid you were going to miss another segment of his. Yeah. And that 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 is that was genius. And the way that it's going, they need to keep it going. And the only way to do that is to put the Universal Championship on him at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. I, so, I'll, I'll get my stance on Raw real quick since you guys already have. I think Raw's an interesting spot. I, I'm still kind of like, there's a lot of flaws to it, probably more than goods right now, but I think they're slowly, you know, you got The Fiend, you know, you got that storyline. I think that's kind of helping captive, catapult Raw a little bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, right now it's in an awkward spot. I think that a lot of focus is on SmackDown. So Raw's kind of lost in a shuffle a tad bit, but I think for what it is, there's a lot to work on. You know, the corny segments are always going to be there. I see people, like, go in on WWE all over Twitter, but it's like, guys, unfortunately, I don't think we're the fan base they really care about. <laughs> that's that's a good point, honestly. I mean, they obviously, and they've said this for a while now, they're, they're directed towards, you know, children. But, you know, they also are starting to bring a little edginess in. So I'm, I'm a guy that tries to be neutral on everything, so... We'll keep seeing what Raw does. You know, I think the Fiend thing, if they put the title on, that's going to create a great buzz. That's going to get people really interested again in Raw. Well, because, like... The thing... Go ahead. Well, because it's like, if you look at the, like, like we've been talking about the uptrend of Raw, like, this past Monday's Raw was probably one of the best Raws in the last couple of weeks because of the way that it was booked, the way that it was laid out. So, yeah. I... My worrisome about The Fiend, and I hear me out on this, is he's hot. You know, you want to put the title on him, but once he gets the title, it's like, if you want to keep him credible, you have to have him have, like, a year-plus reign. So I feel like if you put him on this early, you can't have him lose in, like, a couple months of the belt. I feel like that just kills momentum. I agree. And so... I agree. Huh? I agree. I, I think that the, I, 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 that's what I expect to happen. I expect a long title reign. I don't expect anyone being able to be him right away. Yeah, this is where my fear comes in. Is on SmackDown. What do you, I mean? So we'll go into this. I'll I'll talk about the Fiend and my fear on that. So what are you guys' thoughts on SmackDown right now heading into Fox? Kevin, well, you like well SmackDown. You know, it's it maybe isn't as good as its peak back in like 2016 when they're fresh off the brand split and every week was killing the game but SmackDown's still a good show it's still they've they've got talent they've got they're gonna obviously set the rosters right after the Fox deal but and it looks like Lesnar's coming over which is obviously a big money mover for the for Fox and and maybe Ronda Rousey if she decides to come back I imagine she'll end up there as well but uh, SmackDown's in an interesting spot because with the wild card rule, it's sort of drifted back into like a 
the, the way they used SmackDown in, in like the early 2000s, which is basically just like a Raw recap show. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of stuff on SmackDown is like with the wild card rule. You see a lot of stuff from Raw creep over into SmackDown, and each and and vice versa too. Like stuff from SmackDown creeps over to Raw, and I feel like both shows are lacking in identity right now. That the draft will fix. Yeah, draft and no more wild card rule. Once that's abolished, I think that'll help a lot. I mean, how many times do we want to see Shane McMahon on two different brands? Yeah, please stop. <laughs> And so, Kevin, what are you? Are you a fan of Brock Lesnar? Um, I used to be. Now I'm like indifferent. I don't hate him the way some people hate him. I <laughs> thought it was really funny when he won the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase. I had a good laugh at that because so many people were up in arms about it on Twitter. <laughs> but I, I'm, and I, I do think he's going to win the belt at some point off of Kofi. I don't necessarily think they need him anymore. But you know they're gonna they're gonna continue to pay him big money, and he draws. You know when, when I know when Brock Lesnar's on TV, I want to tune in. Brock Lesnar's on pay per view, I want to tune in. He's just a, a presence. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's unique. That's a unique take on Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean that's definitely definitely one that um, me and Dustin haven't heard in a while. That's. I mean, and a lot that definitely one that's different from our perception of Brock Lesnar. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good. People need to hear, you know, some oh, positive. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, uh, and that's that's good because, like, I mean, because like I was very, you know, I, I mean, at first when he won the Money in the Bank contract, you know, I was definitely one of the me and Dustin. I know we we had a long talk about the indifference <laughs> of that one. But when he did the whole Brock party thing, I was honestly, that was the most entertained I've been by Brock Lesnar since he, since Eddie, since Eddie, yeah, since his Eddie and Eddie and Kurt feuds back in the day, because the, the, it, it, it was, I don't know if it was funny, if it was just so corny, it was funny or whatever it was, but I was highly entertained. I wish they would have kept it going a little longer than they did because it was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah it, showcased, it showcased his personality, which you never see anymore. Exactly, he's got no personality. He used to be so. He used to be funny back in like two thousand two, two thousand. Exactly, the segments he had with Kurt Angle were terrific. No, now he's just literally got. He he doesn't even speak anymore. He's got no personality. He's got no charisma. Yeah, and it makes it look like he doesn't give a crap. And I, Brock Lesnar rubs me the wrong way in a lot of ways. So. I, I try to be fair. I, I don't like Brock Lesnar. I'm just going to flat out say that. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I think ever since, I will say, ever since he signed that latest contract, I feel like he's kind of shown he gives a crap a little bit more right. lately. Right, I agree. Like his match with uh, Rollins was actually pretty darn good at SummerSlam. Match of the night, honestly. I mean, when Lesnar decides to work, he does. I mean, he's good at wrestling when he decides he wants to wrestle. Yeah. So. Big if. Yeah, it's a big if, right? <laughs> it is because you know so, yeah, it, it, that's the the perfect way to put it is like, does he get on any given night? He could go out there and put on the best match of the night. We've seen it recently with matches with uh, you know Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series, AJ Styles, Rollins. 
But for every one of those matches, you have a match like the ones he had with Strowman, <laughs> where it's just like six F fives and like twelve German suplexes, and that's just awful to watch. Or, or the one that he had back at thirty two with Ambrose, that was awful. Yeah. And, or his Roman Reigns matches. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. The one. Yeah. Thirty four. WrestleMania <laughs> thirty four. That match was deplorable to watch. Oh, we were there live for that. We had to see that live. Oh yeah. We... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we, well, it, it was all right because, well, we, we, we took it over. We hijacked the crap out of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's the thing. The subject Brock Lesnar's got is I do think they're going to have him beat Kofi on Fox debut. And that's what scares me is if, you know, at SummerSlam, you have champion versus champion. So if The Fiend wins and Brock wins, does Brock let The Fiend put him over? I don't know. It's interesting. Laugh. Well, that could kill the fiend. Yeah, because if you have at Survivor Series, if you have Lesnar versus the Fiend in a champion versus champion match, you, I mean, because like like Dustin said, if you have Lesnar win that, the Fiend's momentum is done. It's finished. And but if you don't, I mean, can you get get Lesnar to agree to put him over? Brings that. Does he care? Yeah. Does he just bought up? Does he does he care? Does he does he like the fiend? Does he like Bray Wyatt? Does he <laughs> care? Does he does he respect Bray enough to be willing to lay down for the three count for him? I mean, there's that that's uh, honestly me and Dustin talked about that before. That's the biggest fear of the of the fiend is you can kill it just as fast as it's been created. Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday on the Clash of Champions prediction show. I mean, not prediction review show. I brought up the same point after Randy got pinned clean. I'm like, they just completely took Randy out of the picture. Who's going to take it? Brock Lesnar? And I said it jokingly. I didn't think it was actually going to happen tonight, though. <laughs> Called it. So if anyone wants to check that out, go to our link tree and our old episodes there. But um, so I guess on that note, I think we covered everything WWE. You know what? I don't really want to give like a statement on WWE because they're never going anywhere. Yeah, I think they just need to like they're the empire, they're the titan. So good or bad, they're going to be around. But I feel like if WWE is doing well, it makes the rest of pro wrestling do well, though. I agree. Yeah, it pushes the competition. It you know w, everyone wants to succeed, so WWE is operating at the top of their game. It drives everybody else to be at the top of theirs, or else they'll get swept up in the in the wave of wrestling. And I think AEW has helped them with that. So, like, they're both making each other better, hopefully. And it's going to make it fun for us. Like, I don't care about picking a side. Mm -mm. I just want to watch wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, who cares about picking sides? Like, why do we have to pick sides? Why don't we all just be able to watch wrestling and enjoy it? That's kind of my stance. Exactly. All three of us can agree with that. But, all right. So, um, on that note, I think we covered everything. You know, we (laughs) went into some long detailed about a whole bunch of companies and gave our statements i think it was a hell of an episode if you guys have it i think so i agree i thought uh, it was insanely fun to do this one and kevin uh definitely appreciate having you on bud you know you're you're like i appreciate you guys for having me on i this was a lot this was a lot of fun brain busters one of those um things we want to work with so i was really happy when you mentioned that you wanted to possibly be on so i really do appreciate that give us a chance because you're our i would say our second yeah guest but the first one 
you know, it was a test run, but, you know, I appreciate you for coming on and giving us a chance and being a guest on our show. So uh, thank you for your time. Kevin. Absolutely. This is a blast. I had so much fun. Uh, thank, again, thank you for having me on. I could say thank you and I, again and again and again. And I can't <laughs> accurately express how, how psyched I was to do this show and how great I, how greatly proud I am for the way it turned out. So um, before we close, do you want to plug your stuff one more time where they yeah, can find you? We'll put it in the descriptions. The only, the only thing better than one plug is two plugs. <laughs> nice. Uh, you, can, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin C. Wrestling. You can find me, my blog, at thelastbloggerstanding.wordpress.com. You can listen to... Re- I can't believe I didn't plug Wrestling Reverb at the top of the show. <laughs> Josh ain't going to be happy, man. Josh is going <laughs> to kill me. Uh, you, can, you can catch Wrestling Reverb every Friday, only on Brain Buster Radio. Awesome. Give them a listen. That the whole team, Kevin and the whole team of Brainbuster are really good people. Yeah, Queen, we, I'll talk, you know. Yeah, we love we love you guys. You're awesome. So all right. On that note, I guess stay going, my friends. Deuces. <laughs>